Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert Peck, the newlywed. Hi, Paige. Hi, I think you switched my last names around, but it works. <laughs> oh, I did. I didn't even recognize that. Wow, I'm so glad you're here. Quality control. Oh, yes. Catching me for when I say <laughs> stuff in the wrong order. Let's try that again. Let's say this is Paige Peck Baumer. That's there the one. we go. Okay, we got it. You know, you're just getting too many names. Don't get any more. That's okay. all you get. Okay, that's the, that's the last one. Um, <laughs> then maybe I can keep them in order for you. So today on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we're going to be talking about teaching children good social skills. So I've got to say, you know, for years and years, the, all of the years that I've raised my children, the talk has been about social skills. Children need social skills. Teachers are like, hey, school isn't just for school. It's also for social skills. And people have worried and been concerned about social skills. And there's been a huge emphasis on it. Yet we're not seeing the best social skills. In fact, I would say our social skills are declining, even though over the years there has been increased effort put upon social skills. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what kinds of problems some parents are facing in their homes and what we can do. We're going to list a, a pretty decent list, maybe not fully exhaustive, but a decent list that parents can have some things to focus on to teach their children great social skills. So if that's what you're wanting, you're in the right place. But before we get to teaching good social skills, we're going to talk about a fun family activity because it's a tradition. Now, Paige, what kind of a family activity do you have for us today? I have a fun one. So it's maybe a little less actively fun, but I know something that I loved, especially when I was little, was learning about a loved one. I know there are many times where, you know, London and I, we shared a room and you would come in and we'd ask you for a story. And I would say, mom, tell me a story about your life. And like for a bedtime story. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think my favorite story you ever told us was when you were a teenager and you went to the beach and you thought it would be so funny to fill up a sun chip bag full of crawdads <laughs> and then put it on the table for people to enjoy. <laughs> We did. Yes. We spent and then, like a good hour hunting. <laughs> it wasn't crawdads, but they were sand crabs. Oh, sand crabs. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then later you're like, oh, I want some sun chips. And so you fooled yourself and you went and grabbed a sand crab instead of sun chip. It was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it had been in there for days. <laughs> yeah. And they were all dead. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, they were, yeah, they were dead pretty quickly. They couldn't get out of the sun chip bag. <laughs> Anyway, oh man, yeah, that's true. I'm like, oh no, what is she going to share? <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. Those, that is a fun thing. It's fun to learn stories from people's lives. And I think sometimes we, we go to put on a movie instead of to tell a story from our own lives. Yeah. And, and not just our own lives. First, start with your own lives, because that's fun. If parents start with stories from their own lives, then when they want to tell their children stories about grandma's life, 
or grandpa's life or great grandma or great grandpa in the war or whatever, when they start going down that road, then the children are already interested. And I've got to tell you something, Paige, I, I love that you thought of this family activity because people might think it's boring, but this is totally what children are interested in. Oh yeah. No, I never would have known that fun little tidbit about you had you not shared it one night for, you know, a bedtime story. You only told it once, but I remember it clearly because I was like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. <laughs> it made an impression. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I didn't even know what you were going to share there. <laughs> well, so do that. Open up your brain and, and your, fa- your own personal history and tell it to the children. Mm-hmm. And also open up those family histories that you have pull out some of those artifacts that somehow you inherited that were great grandma so-and-so's, you know, I don't know what you've got, hairpins <laughs> or something, and, and, and talk about them and look at the craftsmanship and show them these things because that kind of a thing is super interesting to the children. It is. So let's get into social skills. And by the way, those, those, those uh, stories that you tell oftentimes are lessons in social skills, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did not I? to do with sand crabs. But night to do with sand crabs. <laughs> how to not fool, how to not treat people unkindly with a bag of How sand to crabs. not trick yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So here at the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we look through at, at everything, every issue that we're talking about through the lens of self-government. So self-government is you having control over yourself. So this is when a person says, okay, I want to be this type of person. I want to have my happiness be like this and during these times. And I want to communicate like this. And I want to understand people like this. And so then they make a plan for themselves and they follow through and they do it. It is called living deliberately, living completely on purpose. And for some people, this is uh, revelatory. They're like, what? I can live on purpose? What? I don't have to just put up with the stress and, and with me ruining every day and getting angry? The answer is nope. You don't have to put up with it. You absolutely can live on purpose, be delivered. It's called self-government. So we're going to be looking today at social skills through the lens of being deliberate do on purpose training someone to have great social skills mm-hmm. on purpose having great social skills yourself in fact that's not on our list page uh <laughs> so this is a bonus one a bonus <laughs> one is parents you've got to have good social skills we're going to talk about a list of what that means later as we go on here but um well, actually, we're going to probably do it pretty soon here, what it means to have good social <laughs> skills, but you've got to be the example. So that's number one, and that's bonus, because I didn't even put that on my list that I sent to Paige. And so anyway, we think of new things all the time. All the time. It's just how it is. Anyway, so, okay, let's talk about social skills. Paige, when you think about social skills, and, and you think about, like, what does it mean to have good social skills, or what do social skills even mean to you, what would you say? When I think of social skills, I think of... Well, I use, first I usually think of um, bad social skills and examples of that. Well, let's and, go to the good first, though. Well, what, yes. are, what does it look like on the good? <laughs> on the good, it looks like someone who can communicate effectively and well, um, and I would say even confidently, and someone who is 
more interested in being a real person and being invested in life happenings than in digital happenings or, you know, something that's not really part of reality. There you go. You went to the negative. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) No, do you know what? It's because we learn good social skills by looking at the opposites. You recognize something is a good social skill and you stop taking it for granted when you notice somebody is clearly not having good social skills, right? So that's why it's so easy to tie the positive and the negative together and look at the opposites. But I love some of the things you brought up there, especially talking about confidence, And that a person is able to be authentic, like a real person in real life. Now, of course, every person is a real person, but do you really live like a real person? Right. There's like an element of actually being present and being invested in life that makes someone a bit more real. Mm -hmm. Where like they wear their heart on their sleeve type of thing or their life on their sleeve and they don't put up a front or something, you know, does that make yeah, sense? They don't put up walls. They don't try to control what's happening. Right. Converse easily with people. They connect well. And I think that's the big thing. It, to me, when I, when I think of good social skills, I think of a person who values the other people around them and they can connect with them well. Right. So that means that they can talk about stuff, but they can also just be there and listen and, and even be quiet, but c- connecting. Right. So, right. Um, but then, you know, you also brought in this component of confidence. So if you're going to have confidence, you have, people usually aren't confident if they don't feel like they know what they're doing. So you're confident if you know what you're doing, which means you have to have a lot of practice at it. You have to have seen a good example. You have to have had some sort of lessons or skills that you're Mm -hmm. using that are going to help you with it. Then you can have confidence, but somebody who doesn't practice it very often, who doesn't get very many social opportunities, they're not as confident with it. Yeah, Or someone who is a recluse and stays at home all day. Like you don't get as many opportunities to talk to people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now let's talk about some of the problems that we're facing. Um, one big thing that is super recognizable, and, and I don't say this with any um, disrespect whatsoever, but social anxiety is a huge problem. Uh, mm-hmm. There are more people with social anxiety right now than, I, than I've ever known ever. I mean, you know, it's not like I've been alive for like the whole history of the world, but <laughs> I've been alive for like 45 years and I've seen a lot of people and, and what I see right now is drastically different than what I saw even just 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we have to ask ourselves, what has happened in 15 years? What even 10 years ago, people were better socially than they are now. What has happened in 10 years? Like, let's let's ponder on that. I mean, we have gone totally digital. Oh, yeah, no, a lot of lot more dependence on devices for connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And and this is definitely making a I mean, it has an impact for good. You know, we there's some good things that come from all of this. Digital, I mean, certainly during COVID, it's kind of saved our bacon, right? Oh, yeah. For business and and everything else. Yeah, school, you know that, doing college online and everything. Um, But at the same time, we are missing something. We are missing something major, and and it it involves seeing real people. Mm -hmm. Now, I still, I have to admit, I, I 
see people and I'm not afraid of people. And, and we still have family <laughs> gatherings and we do stuff and I go out and talk to my neighbors and, and if they, you know, if, you know, I try to not be like hovering in their face, but you know, be a little ways away so that everyone feels comfortable. But I feel like you still need to see people. Like, even though, you know, we have these digital outlets like zoom and whatever, you still have to be in the room with the person. You have to feel them because mm-hmm. you can feel them. That's the thing. So when you're with another person, I don't know if you've ever hugged another person and you literally like know their thoughts, know that you, you feel a connection to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a newlywed, right? So you, I'm sure with your husband, it's like, you're like, I, you never knew you could be that close to a person. Like, you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could really feel that in sync Mm-hmm. with a person right or like and you tend to know their thoughts or what they're thinking about or if yeah. they have something on their mind and you're just like okay like, I mean you can do that with me oh, and yeah. I can do that with you pretty well because well we've had a long history but <laughs> but and you've had a, a decent sized history with your husband but what I'm saying is is that you can get you can achieve that with anyone if people allow you mm-hmm. you can allow your I mean not that you should have a husband wife relationship with anybody just saying <laughs> but, but I but anyway obviously That's not, not what advocating we're for that <laughs> okay but I, but, uh, but you're saying make connections with people yeah. Yeah. And that we need it. We absolutely need it for our, our spiritual health, our mental health, our physical health. Well, and we sometimes like on the other side of making connections, they help out in so many ways. There have been you know, many times where, let's see, in the recent past, we, Joseph and I were taking a trip before we were married and we needed a place to stay on our way to see his parents. And we're like, hey, let's call up some of our connections that are in, you know, on the way there. And ask them if we can stay at their house, you know, or, hey, there's this person that can help you get a really good job. You know, those connections are so important for, you know, life. Having mm-hmm. connections is such a blessing and it helps life move forward in the way that it should. And that can only come when someone is willing to go outside of their digital world and meet people. Well, I mean, sometimes you can make connections through the digital world, but making Mm -hmm. those connections and focusing on that has helped so many times in my life. Yeah. You know, I've made some dear, dear friends starting at Facebook. I mean, I have to honestly say after the BBC show aired, there were so many people that reached out to me and a few of those people I still am in contact with today periodically, and they will be dear friends for life for life. Even if I don't talk to them all the time, they will be dear friends for life. And I remember with one of them, um, I, I just decided to call her and she's like, I can't believe you called me. Like, I can't believe you called me from America. I can't believe you called me. And I'm like, no, you know what? I just want to talk to you, like really talk to you. And she was so impressed by that because nobody does that. Everybody just talks online, you know? It can really make someone's day to like put, put forth the effort to make a connection. Yeah, just give somebody a call. Okay, so parents, we've got to set the example. We've got to be the ones who are doing good communication. We've got to be the ones who are deciding that being with real people matters. Even if we would rather, even if we're introverted and we would rather sit and read a book all day, which sounds really nice sometimes, um, because I'm an ambivert. I can do either <laughs> one, but but Same. I <laughs> but I will say that sometimes. Um, 
you've got to tell yourself, no, I've got to go do that. So just last night I'm in my garage canning. I set up my garage as a canning kitchen. It's really hysterical. Anyway, so I'm in my garage. It's canning legit, last night. <laughs> it is legit. I mean, it's a full on canning kitchen in the garage. I got a sink out there. I got a stove out there, everything. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I was in my garage canning cause like there's still some things that I'm doing canning at this time of year. I said, got to do applesauce and apple pie filling. We're getting close. Anyway, and still got tomatoes that are popping off the vine. But last night, it was pickles and plums. Anyway, so <laughs> um, so I'm doing them, and I see these cars over at the house, another house in our cul-de-sac. We live in a little cul-de-sac. And, um, and I saw these car lights, and I'm like, hey, no one lives there. But I did see a for sale sign, and then I saw the sale sign go down, and then I wonder if those are the the new owners. And it was dark because, you know, it's starting to get darker earlier. It was like 8.30, but they were all getting into their cars to leave the house. And I thought, I, I got this thought, go over there. And then I was like, ah, it's dark. They're going to think I'm lame. I'm in an apron. <laughs> like, come on, you know. And then I get this thought, go over there. Just go over there. So I'm like, okay, seriously, Nicolene, why are you telling yourself no? You, you have good ideas coming Just here. Go. Just go. And so, and, and I consider those types of thoughts to be providentially rooted, right? And I'm like, there's a, I'm getting prompted to do something here. So, <laughs> so I went over there and I, you know, walked up to their cars. They're all in their cars. And I'm like, oh, are you the new owners of the house? You know, and they're like, yeah. And they get out of their cars and we start talking and the guy sticks out his hand to me. He's like, I'm not afraid of COVID. Are you? And he sticks out his hand <laughs> to shake my hand. I love that. And I was like, I can normally, I am not like a total fear person, but I haven't shaken hands with just a stranger. And I don't know how long. <laughs> and normally I do that stuff all the time, but it felt so weird. I was like, okay. <laughs> I loved it though. I loved it. I made a physical connection with a new neighbor mm -hmm. and he looked at me and we sat there and talked with each other and he told me about his children and <gasps> I know and I was so excited and I'm like you know, this is what it means to be a neighbor. Okay. This is what it means to have social. And I just had that happen last night, which was really awesome. So let's talk about the problems a little bit. We got to get to our amazing list of ideas of what you can do. <laughs> but before we do that, I think it's really good for us to talk about some of the short-term problems and some of the long-term problems that, that people are having with uh, poor social skills nowadays. And, mm -hmm. and one of those things I think we've kind of hit on is that people are not communicating. No. And that's a huge one. And if, if they are like quote unquote communicating, it's not real communication. It's surface level stuff that doesn't matter. And that isn't going to get them anywhere. Okay. So Paige, we are going to do a whole podcast on the different levels of communication Yes, because yes, are. there are levels of communication. And that is one of those things that people need to realize because there so many people stick to surface level and if you stick to surface level you don't get to make the attachment that you want so if you leave some someplace maybe you go to a social gathering or something and you're like I just didn't feel as fulfilled I mean I was there the people were there maybe social mm -hmm. isn't for me it could be because you didn't allow yourself to go to one of the deeper levels of communication so that you could make a better bond with well, somebody the thing else. is a lot of people don't know how to go there. They haven't had enough of those conversations to make it comfortable or to make it, you know, to have them be confident in that. They just, or they haven't, you know, 
they don't have the resources to share to make it a deep conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. So you have to be living your life in a way that you are paying attention to what you could share with somebody else. Pay attention to your own thoughts. Maybe kind of like check mark them. Bing, I had a thought that might be a good discussion piece. Yeah, right? and I know, I know for me, um, I don't necessarily focus on that, but I focus on, okay, how can I improve myself today? And like, how can I improve my my knowledge or how, like, how can I add to it? And so usually when I focus on that, then later on, you know, something will come up and I'll remember, Oh, two weeks ago, I read something about that and I can share about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you actually bring up a really good point. This one didn't make the list either. <gasps> My goodness. Well, we did say the list would not be exhaustive and it's clearly. <laughs> yeah. So but you bring up a really good point. Um, you're not going to be good at being social unless you have something to say, are you? Right. And that comes from taking, at least, yeah, you have to study things and, and not, live and uh-huh. you have to live because mm-hmm. you can share experiences too. Right. You can be like, I was in my garden. I found this like thing on my tomato, the ugliest <laughs> worm I've ever seen in my life. With a horn on its butt. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can have experiences that you can share. The, the one thing you run into when you share experiences, though, you got to be careful, is gossip. So you got to be careful about that <laughs> because that's a bad social skill. Yes. Okay. We don't want to be going down that direction. Um, but yeah, share experiences, share thoughts that you're having. I've noticed there are some people that actually get uncomfortable. They, they feel uncomfortable if I bring up something I read or some thought that I've had. And I think that's because some people feel like certain topics are off limits, number one. Okay, or they're so, sensitive, or maybe they just don't have, you know, enough experience yeah, they or exposure to it. Exactly. They might immediately feel intimidated because they don't do any talking like that. Right. Maybe all of their talking is surface level. And so then when you start going to a deeper place, they're like, uh, I'm out. I only know yeah. how to do surface, right? Yeah. No, I have a really good example, actually. Um, when my husband and I started dating, there were many times where he would come over and you and I would be in the middle of like a phone conversation. And we'd be talking about like some quote unquote heavy stuff, you know, like abortion and uh, stuff that was happening on Capitol Hill, you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we would, I would, you know, we would end our phone call and my husband would be, he would say, wow, like, I never talked like that with my parents. And I'm like, really? He's like, no, we never did that. And the first time I met them and spent some time with them, I realized that a lot of them were, you know, there was just some things that were, I'm like, oh, wow, like, this is different than my family, you know, and there's just, there's a few things I'm like, okay, I, I can see where, you know, he, he could have that opinion. He could see that. And so it was fun because when he met, he said, you know, I have so much more to learn and this is going to be so fun, you know, to learn all this and to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Well, every family has a different culture, right? And so he was noticing, wow, their culture is like, go deep. Yeah. And his culture wasn't as go as deep he, or he <laughs> hadn't had that. Right. But, you know, it's interesting that as he you know, as your relationship develops and the two of you are, you know, go deep about everything Mm -hmm. and stuff, 
that's probably going to impact his depth with other people in his family. Yeah. You know, for because sure. it will change. And all of a sudden it will be like, okay, I, now I want to talk about something more meaningful, you know? <laughs> and so, um, cause I've met his parents and wow, those, they're amazing people. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Amazing people. But some people just don't get in the habit of going deep with people and that's yeah. what happens. So, um, and, and, you know, and sometimes for whatever re- reason, somebody feels like they have to be guarded and they can't, and you don't want to talk about something that somebody really doesn't want to talk about with you. That would be a bad social skill. Yeah. <laughs> don't force it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't, do not force your ideas on other people. That's a bad social skill too. <laughs> so maybe, you know, some people are of the mind, Ooh, I don't ever want to force my ideas on anybody. So then they hold a lot of them back, but then that's also a bad social skill because some people want to connect on a deeper level and you're not giving them the chance. So what right. you really have to do, and this is probably one of those social skills that, I mean, you just have to be in social situations a lot to really get it, but it's reading people. Yeah. You have to know how to read people. Well, what are they talking about? Well, could I lead it here? I'm going to test it a little bit to here to see if I could go deeper. Okay. They're not responding well. So we'll go back to a little bit more surface and, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll flesh that a little bit more. Maybe when they feel safer with me and they know I'm not going to attack them or whatever, then we'll go to something <laughs> a little deeper. Well, and but that's like the thinking behind people. Yeah. That's the thinking behind good communication is that testing, you know, that analyzation because communication isn't just words. It's being able to, you know, make those emotional connections with other people through Mm -hmm. topic and through discussion and stuff like that. And so I think that's where some people get stuck on more surface level stuff is because they are either too scared to like go deep with someone, not knowing how they'll handle it or something like that. Okay. So it should be no surprise to anybody that one of the problems with good social skills right now is actually the digital world. We can communicate with people that are 50 miles away, but we can't communicate or, or, or many people don't communicate with someone in the same room Yeah. at the next desk over, you know, mm-hmm. or in, you know, in their own family. Right. And so this problem actually has short term and long term effects. So what are some of the short term effects? Would we say? I would say you don't make as many friends. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. If you spend your time in the digital world, then you don't actually interact with real people. You feel lonely. Mm-hmm. You feel I mean, surrounded when, by people, but you feel lonely. Like you're all alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But somehow you don't fit in, right? So yeah. there's this kind of like this kind of like feeling of missing out on something because you mm-hmm. are. You're missing a deep connection, but you don't know how to fix the problem. So there's yeah. some overwhelm that happens. Um, some lack of bonding. You may have a hard time solving some of your problems because you don't have anybody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's long-term problems. So what kind of long-term problems do we see if a person doesn't have good social skills? Well, long-term, if, if you don't have good social skills, sometimes it's hard to find a mate for life. If you can't make friends, it's hard to get to date and to get married. Mm, that's a huge one. And honestly, there's so many people that struggle with that, but also what get a job. Okay. Still friends still, um, you know, you want to have friends and have good connections, but to solve mm-hmm. problems in your community. I mean, how can you solve problems well and, and get people, you know, cause you can have a problem and you can be on an opposing side of something with someone 
and you can and you can tell them your opinions on something and still maintain a good bond and friendship. Oh it's yeah. Possible to do, but but many people don't think they can. And so then when you don't know how to bond with someone well, then you can't solve your problems and maintain mutual respect. Right. Because those communication skills, if you feel like your friendship is going to end over some small disagreement, instead of saying, hey, you know, I actually disagree with you on that, but you are definitely entitled to your opinion, as am I to mine, and we can still be friends over this. You know, we just can agree to disagree on this topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we could probably list more and more short and long-term things, but oh, let's yeah. get to our list. Okay. So we've got this really cool list, which we're adding <laughs> to all the time. Yes, unintentionally. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but let's just go through some of these things. Um, we're going to have to go through some of them kind of quickly just because we have sure. so many of them. Um, but we could, I mean, we could literally do, you know, a podcast on many of these just exclusively. Actually. Oh, for sure. So it's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> well, the first one, we actually have kind of done a podcast on already. Mm -hmm. And so the first one is communication with adults. And we debated, do we put with adults or do we just put flat out good communication skills? No, but we decided with adults was better because if you can communicate with adults properly, you can communicate with anyone. Yeah, exactly. That's what we reasoned. We thought it's parents to teach them their children how to have open communication with people. Mm -hmm. If the parents have open communication with their children, if they talk openly about things like me and Paige do about everything under the sun, (laughs) then guess what? That person has no problem making friends later, no problem getting a job, no problem being a leader in their community. They have no problem because they know how to express themselves in an adult way way and especially and if the they thing. especially if they have an adult who will help them analyze those conversations that are helping them to build their communication skills because i remember for me i really started building my communication skills when i was around 11 years old um and that's when we would spend a lot of time with a lot of older women you know in a barbershop choir and we would drive home and we would analyze you know all the the social skills that were happening between these ladies Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me, helping me to see, okay, this is how people interact with each other. This is what's okay. This is what sh- probably shouldn't be done or said. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we should be looking for. And- yeah. And we could easily see with this whole group of women, this person is all about themselves. And yeah. that is a bad social skill. <laughs> if everything is just about me, 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 horrible social skill, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we could discuss that. We could say, love her. She's awesome. But she only talks about her own feelings and her own self. Have you noticed? Right. <laughs> and, and so, and so this meant this was good social training. And then we could say, oh, so-and-so man, they're so sweet. They, they value everybody. They serve everybody. But have we noticed that they really should speak up for themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we could see the other side of things. Yeah. And then I could also say, Paige, I noticed that you did this and people probably <laughs> thought bad. So that was actually a bad social skill. And so probably we ought not do that and do this other mm-hmm. one. And you were like, oh, okay. And so then you got to learn good social skills. Oh, that's another one I just thought of. Being able to take correction. That is a big social skill. 
Oh, it's massive. Okay, so we're getting into our four basic skills. So, so first item on our list is communication with adults. You got to have open communication with your, with your children. We have a whole podcast on open communication. So mm-hmm. we're not going to like totally drill Delve that one into, into the that. ground. Yeah, so, so that one's okay. But then four basic skills. Okay, so there are four basic skills. Following instructions, accepting no answers and criticism, accepting consequences and disagreeing appropriately. And accepting consequences is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. To be able to accept correction from other people, <gasps> that one's huge. It's huge. It's very huge. And a lot of, uh, especially teenagers nowadays, are very entitled. And so they feel that correction is not necessary for them or that is um, unmeted. It's not deserved. Again, the parent sets the example on this right. skill because if the parent can admit when they've done something wrong and they can correct it when they can say, you know, I thought about how I handled something yesterday and it was totally wrong. I'm sorry. I should have done it like this. Let's maybe even do it the right way now just so I have practice. Mm-hmm. If the parent can do that, then the child sees it's okay to admit that you've it's done okay something wrong. It's okay to say wrong. sorry. It's okay to say, oh, I'm, I was wrong. I'm sorry. But if every adult in your life is, has to be right 100% of the time just because they're right, and anything they think is right and everything they want is right or feel is right, then everybody feels entitled to be right. And we absolutely have a problem in our society with entitlement taking over. In fact, we probably oh, yeah. should do a whole podcast about entitlement because we <laughs> could talk about that one at, at great length. So anyway, um, four basic skills, so important. You know, even in a marriage, you have to follow instructions from each other. You know, oh, honey, can you get that for me? Oh, for sure. honey, I need you to go and pick up the car and I've got to do these other things, you know, and you work together. So you have to follow each other's instructions. Mm-hmm. You have to accept no answers. This is in, in work and in, in family life. And of course the correction factor we already talked about, (laughs) but then there's this other skill, which is such a great skill. It's called disagreeing appropriately. Mm -hmm. And this skill helps us to be understood. So that's the third item on our list, how to be understood. So a person needs to know how to be understood. They need to know. Yeah. You don't just sit there and take everything. You've you've got to have a voice. You can share your opinion, but you need to do it in a way where you will really get understood. Not just going to fights and starting fights because that's not healthy and that's not good for you. So that's the skill disagree appropriately. And it helps you calmly communicate to another person how you're feeling about something and understanding them at the same time. And, and we don't have time to go into how to teach that skill on this one. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it on another podcast. Um, go but, look it up on teachingselfgovernment.com. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could just type it into a search and there would be disagree appropriately all over the place. Um, <laughs> people love that skill. Absolutely love it's a that good skill. One. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have a whole like one hour class all just about that skill, which people absolutely <laughs> love. Anyway, all right. So the next item on our list, um, Paige, what's the next item? Face-to-face times. You have to make sure that you are having time with other people face-to-face. And I mean, obviously right now it's a little hard because of COVID-19, but even so, um, you can have face-to-face times with people. And, you know, that could be over Zoom. I mean, I obviously prefer in person just because you can feel so much more and analyze so much more um, and emote so much more. 
Mm-hmm. But you have to have those times where you are face to face with people, where you are, you know, watching their facial expressions, sharing your facial expressions, stuff like that. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Face to face time is huge. So the next item on our list is listening skills. Mm. And uh, these ones are some of the hardest for some people too. <laughs> maybe more if you're extroverted these ones are really hard to develop when you're in a groove and you like talking it's hard to shut up and listen <laughs> seriously i mean i don't know if you notice Paige and i just check and jive we go back and forth and back. <laughs> there's not a lot of gaps because we're no. both pretty extroverted folks and so we both have a lot to share <laughs> see that she just cut right in that and I'm okay I'm actually okay with it it might annoy (laughs) some people because they're not extroverted like that and they don't understand how the flow goes but um but an extrovert always makes their point so even if someone cuts them off they always come back to their point (laughs) so it doesn't matter (laughs) anyway so um not that we want to annoy our listeners right but a good extrovert knows that listening is part of communicating because you can't really have a discussion unless you listen to someone else's point of view. Yeah, you have to. And so, and so this is a skill I've had to deliberately work on in my life, how to listen. And I've had some great examples. I had a boss who was incredible listener. I mean, incredible. And he was dynamic. He was actually a pretty outgoing, like extroverted, jovial guy. But Mm -hmm. when you would talk to him about something, he would just listen. And he was so, and he would listen in such a way that it was like, I mean, you felt like you're sitting with your, you know, your, your preacher or your priest or your <laughs> bishop or, I mean, you just really felt like he's re- he really cares. Like he's really listening. He's taking it all in. Yeah. And, and, and then he'd be thoughtful before he commented. And, and I, have tried, you know, my whole life since knowing him to really magnify that. I watched him very closely and told him, you know, you're such a great listener. And uh, anyway, may he rest in peace. I, I don't think he's living any longer, but a, a wonderful man. Okay. So the next item on our list is attention span. Oof. Uh, I got to tell you, if you don't have a good attention span that ruins your social skills. Um, my son Porter's ha- had a friend over the years who, um, sweet, sweet kid, sweet guy. Um, but he can't hang out very long. <laughs> he, he just can't. He, um, he'll be like, okay, let's do something. And then they start to do something and they're getting into it. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm done. I gotta go. <laughs> and it's just really a bad social skill because oh, yeah. he doesn't have, you know what I actually think it might be is he's a gamer. I think he's a gamer and I think that he, that draw and that anxiety for the game, and maybe he's just playing with other children just to please his mother. I don't know. I mean, he probably wants friends too, but he yeah. has that draw for the game, I think. And so what happens is then he gets pulled back to the game. And well, it's hard. Like, I know for his me. His attention span is, needs to be increased. Yeah. I know for me, like, if I don't finish all of my homework before I watch a movie or something, the homework does never get done. Because once I start watching a movie or get into digital things, I'm, I'm gone. Like, I have mm. to make sure the house is clean, homework is done, like, everything before I delve into that or else I just mm-hmm. get lost and I don't want to leave. Yeah. 
totally makes sense. Um, I get that actually. Yeah. But if all of a sudden, I... if all of a sudden you check your social media, you're like, ah, what just happened? To my <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, everything goes amok. Yeah. Anyway. I know something that helped me with my attention span was actually picking up a book and learning to just sit there and read a book. Mm-hmm. And you actually, as a child, did struggle a little bit more with your attention span because you were so active mm-hmm. and the reading thing really did help you. Um, so you have to help your children increase their attention span, which means when they're little, it's going to be a really good idea to teach them to sit and listen to you read a book or to sit and to play a game the right way. Now, you know, they might fidget a little cause they're little children, but, <laughs> but like, and you increase the attention span more and more and more. And then you start inviting people over to your house for dinners and you listen to those people talk and you require the children to sit at the table and listen. Do you know mm-hmm. that in the old days was how the attention span was increased? Children are to be seen and not heard. No, not that one. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but they would all, but everyone would gather around the mm-hmm. dinner table and and they would learn from the people who were at dinner with them. They would talk and they would learn they wouldn't eat dinner in front of the TV which so often happens in society today, Mm -hmm. they would eat dinner around the table and they would talk to each other and they would discuss the happenings of the day. And then sometimes they would invite people over and children were required to maintain attention at that table until they were excused. Yep. I don't know anyone who does that nowadays. I'm sure some, but I don't know them. Maybe the slightly more old-fashioned families. <laughs> Maybe, but but I have to say, I mean, we did that with you guys when you were little. Yeah. Um, I have to say, as as people got older, I'm not sure London and Porter got as much of that because even I got kind of out of the habit of it. But but I did focus on teaching attention span in other ways. So we did do a long traveling road trips. I did not put on movies hardly at all. It was like we're going to drive, we're going to talk, we're going to look we at license plates. Audio books. Uh-huh. We would listen to audiobooks, Yeah, that kind of thing. And I read to you guys a ton. Read, mm-hmm. read, read. We did not watch TV every night. So we did things as a family every night. So that also increased attention span. This one's huge because a person cannot have a good social life unless they want to sit and listen to people talk. Yeah, it's true. And you don't develop that desire unless you've been exposed to it a number of times and you find something that you really like and a lot of that when you communicate with people and try to you know expend that attention span you tend to find things that you enjoy talking about and you want Mm -hmm. to be invested in totally i totally agree with that okay we could go on attention span for a really long time (laughs) but we're gonna move down the list so the next one on the list is discuss real or useful meaningful topics well that helps with attention span too but it is its own skill it is yeah well because and again this gets back to the different levels of communication which we're going to have to spend a whole podcast on (laughs) but um but discuss real things you know okay i know people don't like to discuss religion and politics but you guys if there are other things. Okay. Number one, there are other things. Discuss a good book, (laughs) discuss a principle you found somewhere in regular life. There are tons of other things you can discuss, but but here's the thing is if we, if we censor ourselves in society, if we can't listen to somebody else's other opinion and still care about them as a person, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. And so if we say certain topics are completely off limits, that's called censoring. 
Yeah, and, and that's uh, people trying to like and make, when you s- make other people not hurt their feelings. Well, yeah, which is kind. I mean, and, yeah. and there's a point in a relationship when you don't know somebody very well where that's a good practice. There's okay, just things you don't talk about. <laughs> well, just, you just don't go everywhere yet, right? Like, right. That's another social skill is like ease into it, you know. Um, <laughs> but but there are people who. Um, they self-censor. They're like, well, I'm not going to talk about what I think. Well, I'm not going to talk about, well, if you don't talk about what they, you think, no one will bond to you. And if, so, and if you think that everybody else can't talk about what they think, then you can't bond to them either. It's and true. So then, then it's every, surface level. Then it stays surface. It stays fluff. It stays, you know, with, I mean, and people used to sit and discuss the news. No one even dares to do that anymore because. <laughs> Too much controversy. Well, well, because it's, well, what news do you trust? Well, is that really a good news source? Is it not? Because we all know there's a lot of weird scripting going on in the Mm -hmm. news. And so then it's like, "Ah, okay, well, so now what do we talk about? Well, if you can't talk about your feelings about things, I mean, somebody might say, I I 100% diabolically like disagree. And you could be like, okay, please tell me why. I'd love to hear your ideas. Some people can't take other people. Yeah, some people can't take other people's opposing views, though, and and that's um, because they haven't done enough research on their own, usually, and they're not very confident in their own view yet, so occasionally you meet a person that can't handle an opposing view, and that's okay, and you can say, you know... You know, if you say, I, I actually have a different opinion on that. Um, I, I don't quite agree. Would you like to hear it? And they're like, no, I wouldn't. And you'd be okay. like, okay, no problem. Let's, Let's move, move on. on to the next <laughs> but then you have to not take it personal. Yeah. And you have to okay. choose not take it personal. You have to still care about the person. You know, guys, one of the things that the tone that's, that's behind all of good social skills and good social communication is actually charity. So it, you thinking about how you value another person and you're willing to he- have them tell you no and not take it personally is called being charitable. Okay. Thinking so, about other people. Good social skill. Good social skill. Let's add it to the list. That one wasn't <laughs> on the list. Okay. Uh, yeah. an, another one is stepping out of your comfort zone. Ooh, big so one. So you got to train your children to step out of their comfort zone a lot. Um, oh, here, I'd like to introduce you to this adult. And then you say to the adult, you know, my child actually has been studying a lot about dinosaurs. You might want to ask them about that. Mm -hmm. Then you put your child on the spot. Now, some people think, oh, don't put your child on the spot. No, I did put all my children on the spot. Oh, yeah. But the biggest difference difference is you put us on the spot, but you were there to help us analyze it. Yeah, yeah. So some people, they might think, yeah, you just got to throw them out there and uh, let them figure it out. No. Put them on the spot, but be there to help them analyze things. Mm-hmm. Have them do hard things. So we did hard things skill-wise, like yeah. adult skills, like cooking and whatever and whatever. Oh, for sure. But in social skills, I also did the same thing. I'm like, you guys are going to stand at this booth and you're going to help sell the books because people always talk to me and I can't do it all. And right. at first you're like, ah, I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll stand here with you. I will teach you how to do it. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. But, but you've got to do it. And if you don't know something, just ask me, no problem. But then yeah. soon you guys were like better at explaining all the stuff quicker than even I was, you know, <laughs> you know, and then people would say, wow, I can't believe your children can do this. You're and, and they come up to me, your son Porter. I mean, this was when he was like nine and 10. They're like, your son Porter told me, totally sold me on this program. 
he explained how his upbringing is and he explained why these skills are so good and he explained <laughs> and they're like i cannot believe what an amazing salesperson he is <laughs> and i'm like no what they're really saying is i can't believe he can talk to me like this as a nine and ten year old i can't believe he has such good social skills uh-huh. that's what they're saying mm-hmm. and that is impressive yeah. And then, well, when and you tell them, then when you tell them I homeschooled my children, they're like, what? what? How could they have <laughs> such a good social skill? You uh-huh. know. It's because <laughs> you exampled them. I exampled them? Okay. That's hysterical. That's, that's very I, bad English. I, but... set, I set the example. There we go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I exampled. I'm going to be exampling <laughs> today. I love that. That's great. No, you I, can I say promise whatever we want. I know it's English. Not, you know gooder English? Yes, that one. <laughs> okay. I'm, obviously, everyone knows we're teasing right now, hopefully. Yes. Okay. Well, and that's a good social skill, to be able to laugh about something, <laughs> right? A mistake or whatever. Yeah, Have a good sense it, of humor. One little thing about comfort zones is once you step out of your comfort zone enough, it's really not that uncomfortable to step out of it again because you have confidence. You've succeeded so many other times when you've stepped outside of your comfort zone that you just end up expanding your comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. soon enough, so many things are inside that comfort zone that's like, yeah, whatever. I'm good at this. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so, but you have to be willing to make those scary steps at first. Cause then after that, you're like, I can do this. It's fine. It's new, but whatever. Somebody has to be there. Like you said, though, to help you see the good side of stuff, though, because here's the thing is that you can step out of your comfort zone and succeed, or you can step out of your comfort zone and fail, Mm -hmm. but both of those things can have good lessons. And if somebody there is there to say, this is the good thing that happened, this, you did a great thing like this, this really, you know, was Mm -hmm. great. Um, then a person can, can feel like, oh, I did succeed, even though I didn't make a new friend. I'm still, I did good. I, that was mm-hmm. a success I going in the right direction. Step. Yeah. Well, and some people will step out of their comfort zones and other people are mean to them. And so, and then that's really yeah. hard because they're like, that didn't work because that doesn't I feel very nice. <laughs> I, did, I wanted a friend and I didn't get a friend and maybe nobody likes me. So maybe I won't step out again, mm-hmm. but you have to have somebody there who has an optimistic attitude instead of a pessimistic a- attitude, right. which uh, being optimistic is a good social skill. Okay. Pessimism really ruins conversation. Oh, it drains, it drains yeah. the emotions on everybody. It does. And so if you've got a person there who is optimistic and it can help you analyze the goods that came from it. And that even if you didn't find that friend you were looking for, you did find out that you could step out of your comfort zone and you did find out that you could handle even when other people weren't nice to you. Mm-hmm. And, and now you know some skills you need to help handle those situations, right? Well, those are all positive things. And so, so parents should be discussing, like you said, when, they, when someone steps out of the comfort zone, turn it into a success oh, for so sure. that they get that confidence. a learning experience. Exactly. Okay. So let's move it on to the next one. Uh, the next a few one more. The, just a few more here. The next one on the list, um, make it a habit to have time away from devices. Explain. So that actually kind of ties in the one after that as well. In order to make that happen, you have to set your priorities. And for a lot of people, well, at least in my case, my priority is my family. That is top priority, you know, up with school and stuff. And so there are times where my phone is in the other room for hours on end and I miss phone calls. You know, there's texts that are a little outdated, you know, but I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just saw this, but it's because my priorities are with my family and with finishing my schoolwork. 
and making sure that I have a good relationship with my husband or, you know, with my family in Utah. And so even if it's not necessarily scheduled, even though scheduling does help, make sure that you do have time away from your devices, I would say daily, Mm -hmm. because that gives you time to think about where your priorities are and what you need to be doing and where your time could be best and most meaningfully spent. Yeah. Okay. So, so this, this one then make a habit to have time away from boundaries. Like just tell yourself, okay, when am I going to not be, be on my devices? Did I say boundaries? I think I said the wrong thing. Make a habit to have time away from your devices, not your boundaries. Always have your boundaries. Okay. If I said that, that was wrong. But and now we're back to the start of the call where I don't know your name. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, so yeah. So have that habit. Part of it, like Paige said, is to set your priorities. Know your top priorities and reflect them in in how you decide to budget your day. Mm -hmm. And so then that brings in your boundaries, right? So that's that's probably why I said that because I knew I was going there. there um, so your boundaries for you know how many posts and how many searches and things you're going to do in a day and and when are you going to do them, right? So, or a time limit like okay, I'm going to take 30 minutes here to check my email and answer texts. And you tell your Siri or your Google or whoever you set a timer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a timer so that I actually meet my goal. And you know what? That's called self governing. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you deliberately on purpose plan out what to do and make yourself be held accountable to it, that's called self-government. That's a beautiful thing. And it always makes us feel better when we do that. When we wake up on time, we feel better. When we set time limits for things, we feel better. It's so good. For sure. So, so good. Well, that was not an exhaustive list. We could have gone on and on. (laughs) But it was a big one. But it was a big list and there were a lot of great things there. And you can teach those things to your children, number one, by setting the example, but number two, by talking to them about their boundaries, their priorities, their comfort zone, their attention span, what's useful to talk about and what's not useful to talk about. It's really meaningful. Yeah, exactly. So then you take these times, um, in meetings. So that's another thing we did not talk about. Boy, did we not go exhausted. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So there's meetings that we have, uh, family meetings, mentor sessions, couples meetings. These are all great meetings that help improve social skills. We should have added those to the list. I don't know why we didn't. You can find more about (laughs) all of these things on teachingselfgovernment.com. So hopefully you will go there. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, where we talk about everything related to self-government, self-mastery, and creating that lasting family unity that we're all looking for. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.